Welcome to the Eerie First Podcast, the weekly message series featuring Pastor Nicole Schreiber. Last week, we began a new series called Step Up, a series focused on what the scriptures say about money. Pastor Nicole started things off with the foundational step of godly stewardship, obedience. She spoke about the importance of tithing and honoring God with our finances. Today, she'll share about the next step in godly stewardship, and that's generosity. We'll see what it means to take our giving beyond what's required and how God uses joy to help us grow more generous. So let's get started today and see how we can continue to step up with our finances. Here's Pastor Nicole. We're in a series today called Step Up, and this series is about what the scriptures say about money. Now, you have been trusted by God with money. You might say, not as much as I would like, but you have been trusted by God with money, with possessions, with stuff, and your task is to figure out what God wants you to do with it and do that with all of your heart. Effective biblical stewardship is using God-given resources to accomplish God-given goals. And so we built these steps as an illustration. Uh, The base level is what um, God expects all believers to do. It's obedience. We talked about this last week for quite a while. Obedience starts with tithing, giving God the first 10% of your income. And last week, we looked at this concept. We learned that God promises to bless faithful obedience, that God promises to bless our life, that we can test him in that. And as we give and we're obedient, God is always uh, taking care of us. But in order to get to the second step, we have to do the first. In order to get to generosity, we have to do obedience. And so we can't actually step up from obedience into generosity if we don't start with obedience. Um, Last weekend was the homecoming dance here at Erie First Christian Academy. Um, Here's a little picture of my sweet daughter who is a sophomore. Uh, So we prepared for homecoming for weeks. Okay, anyone a mom? You're a parent of a girl, okay, or grandparent of a girl. I think it might be different if you're a parent of a boy. I'm not sure. Uh, But if you're a parent of a girl, you know that you've got to get the nails done and the hair done and the makeup done and the dress and the shoes. And then you got to return the shoes because the shoes don't work with the dress that you got. But then you got to return the dress because, okay, it's a whole thing. Okay, it's a whole process. You should start months in advance in order to be prepared for homecoming. So the day before the homecoming dance, Cecily went to get her nails done and I didn't have cash. So I handed her my credit card and told her to bring me back the receipt. And when she got home, um, I asked her how much it cost. And she handed me the receipt and she said, "Um, it cost 65, but I tipped 35. So the total was 100. (laughs) Now my face just must have shown my surprise because then she said, what? I was generous, just like you and dad always tell me to be. (laughs) Smart. She's smart. She's a pastor's kid over there. So now here's the thing. We were okay with her being generous. But what we had to clarify is it wasn't actually her being generous. (laughs) She was being generous with our money. (laughs) You know, it's easy to give someone else's money away, isn't it? I mean, to be generous with someone else's money. And it made me think of this. If you're not obedient... 
you actually can't be generous. Now, you might be thinking, well, wait a minute. Um, I give a lot of money to others away. I, I buy Girl Scout cookies. I give money to homeless people on the corner. Um, I drop things off that I'm done with at the Salvation Army. I'm generous. But if you don't obey and tithe, but you give money to people, you're actually giving them God's money, not yours. And that's not generous. Obedience has to come first. Obedience has to be the first step in order for you to be generous at all. Generosity comes when you take the next step beyond obedience. That's when generosity comes. The next step beyond obedience. But first, you have to be obedient. After you have faithfully tithed, giving God the first 10% of your income, then you make a weekly or monthly commitment to kingdom builders, that's generous. After you tithe, if you buy lunch for a student who doesn't have any money, that's generous. You contribute to help pay someone's rent that you know is struggling, that's generous. Obedience is when you give what is required. Generosity takes the next step and gives more than what is required. This morning, I want to look with you at an incredible story from the Bible found in Exodus 35. It's an outrageous display of generosity. Let me set it up for you. The Israelites had been wandering in the wilderness for years after escaping Egypt, and they were on their way to the promised land, but the journey seemed endless. And Moses had just brought down the Ten Commandments, God's instructions for the people. And now Moses uh, had some new instructions and an opportunity for the people to be generous. Moses announces, uh, we're going to build a tabernacle for the Lord and we're going to pay for it by taking an offering. And in Exodus 35, he says, bring your gold and your silver and your bronze and your fine cloth and your best building materials. And if you've got jewelry and gemstones, bring that. And if you're a craftsman, come ready to make an amazing place for God. And I want to read to you um, from Exodus 35, verses 20 through 22. It says, then the whole Israelite community withdrew from Moses' presence and everyone who was willing and whose heart moved them came and brought an offering to the Lord for the work on the tent of meeting, for all its service and for the sacred garments. All who were willing, men and women alike, came and brought gold jewelry of all kinds, brooches and earrings and rings and ornaments. And they all presented their gold as a wave offering to the Lord. Let's keep reading in verse 23. Everyone who had blue and purple or scarlet yarn or fine linen or goat hair or ram skins dyed red or the other durable leather brought them. Those presenting an offering of silver or bronze brought it as an offering to the Lord. And everyone who had acacia wood for any part of the work brought it. So basically, they just went home and they were going through all of their stuff, determining what do we have that we can bring. This is an opportunity to be generous towards something great. We're building a house for God. And so they went through it and they found everything that they could bring. 
In verse 25, it says, Every skilled woman spun with her hands and brought what she had spun, blue and purple or scarlet yarn or fine linen. And all the women who were willing and had the skill spun the goat hair. And the leaders brought onyx stones and other gems to be mounted on the ephod and the breastpiece. And they also brought spices and olive oil for the light and for the anointing oil and for the fragrant incense. And all the Israelite men and women who were willing brought to the Lord free will offerings for all the work the Lord through Moses had commanded them to do. You know, Moses, I love in this particular passage because he didn't have to keep asking. He didn't have to compel them or, 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 or tell them or beg them. The people just kept giving and giving and giving. And their hearts were moved by God's word and their spirits were inspired by the opportunity. And they joined in this outrageous display of generosity And the spirit of generosity swept through the camp. And instead of people saying, well, what's the minimum I have to give? Or what is it that I can live without for a while? If I give this away, what can I give? Let's take everything we have to build the house for God. So finally, in Exodus 36, the next chapter, the guys who are building the tabernacle, they take a break. And they say to Moses in verse 5, the people are bringing more than enough for doing the work the Lord commanded to be done. And I want to look at verse 6, because this is the most remarkable to me. Exodus 36, verse 6. It says, then Moses gave an order and sent this word throughout the camp. No man or woman is to make anything else as an offering for the sanctuary. And so the people were restrained from bringing more because what they already had was more than enough to do all the work. Can you imagine the spirit of generosity? Moses literally had to command the people, no, 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 do not give any more. Now that's a goal I can get behind. You've given so much. We have so much. Don't give anymore. What could we accomplish for God if we moved beyond obedience to generosity? What could we accomplish for God? I think it would be staggering. In fact, if everyone was just obedient, there would be millions of dollars more a year to pour into ministry, to plant churches, to reach lost people in America and around the world. If it moved beyond that to generosity, the results would never be forgotten. Could what happened in Exodus 36 happen again? I believe it could. Could it happen in Erie, Pennsylvania? I believe it could. The spirit of generosity can change a city, can change a country, and can even change the world. Because when the spirit of generosity hits people, they just begin to give in a radical way that they could never understand or see before. In fact, I want you to hear from someone who has been a recipient of the spirit of generosity. My friend Kara is going to come up here and share. Would you welcome her, Kara? Come on up. There you are. Good morning, everybody. So at the start of September, I got the nudge from God that I was supposed to go to New York City. 
uh, on the mission trip for Kingdom Builders, which was a little confusing because he told me I wasn't going to go on that in the summer, but really he was just waiting until I officially knew that I was going to be moving in a few months. So I learned that I was moving, and then like a few days later, he was like, now you can go to New York City. I was like, thanks for that permission, but now I'm moving. I don't want to spend money on New York City. I want to spend money on rent and saving up and moving expenses. And so with the nudge to go to New York City came this really calm assurance that I would not have to pay a cent for the $600 that I needed to raise. Which, if you're you know, standing in that, it was very, very sure, but if you stepped out of that, you were like, really, really, is that gonna happen? Because I only have like five weeks. New York City was gonna be in like really, kind of like the second week of October, and it was that first week of September. But I was like, all right, we'll do this. So I went to, the first meeting, we got set up and it was like, all right, I need to write these things all called like support letters and like go send them out to people and ask for money. That seems really great. So we went and I wrote my letter and I posted it on Facebook and um, nothing happened for about a week. And I went to church the next week and by this time I was down to like four weeks and it was like 600 bucks in four weeks. Are you sure you don't want me to just pull from my savings? I can just pull from my savings. And he was like, no, you're not going to pay a cent for this. And so I went to church that Sunday, and I had some amazing friends who encouraged me. They were like, all right, you wrote the letter, and now you actually need to take the next steps, take the next action, be personable, invite individuals uh, to give. And again, that seems intimidating in the culture that I was brought up in, but that was obedience. And I left encouraged, and literally, th like, Five minutes after leaving Sunday, that Sunday, I checked my uh, little donation page and someone had donated $200. And in a single hour, I had gone from nothing to a third of the trip covered. And I started sending out those support letters and sure enough, the money came in and within three weeks, I had $600. And every single time, God said, you're not going to pay a cent for this because other people are going to come in and they are going to be generous. So point being, that generosity, God used you all to keep his promise. He made me a promise. And because people were willing to step into obedience, I was able to step into obedience. And that's amazing that He's more than able to do whatever he wants to, but he's so gracious that he wants to include us in that. And after I went on the trip, I was able to send out emails describing what it was like to be in New York City, and I love skyscrapers, and I love people, and I love the streets, and it kind of smells. Sometimes you're like, sewer, hot dog, perfume, that's a lot, and just like one little thing. But I got to experience that. And I, got to, I have this nugget now of truth that I know that if God tells me that he's going to provide, he's going to provide. And I'm able to hold on to that because at least 10 to 15 people were generous. And there were people that I asked that after I asked them, I was like, I should not have asked them for money. They don't have anything to give, or maybe they have something to give, but I'd much rather them invest in something else, something more worthwhile to them, not just me. And they still were generous. And because of that generosity, I can now hold on to the promises of God. I also think of my grandmother. We call her Granny. Uh, she was very quiet, uh, and she passed away a few years ago. But she was extraordinarily generous 
with her time, with her money. She went and lived with us for a few years when we had foster kids. So definitely come to that stand Sunday in a few weeks. It's going to be great. Um, and she would just fold our laundry and do our dishes every single day for months on end. That was how she gave of her time. And she always loved to take us out to Golden Corral. She always liked to buy us little things, little trinkets. And she was quiet, and she didn't always have much to say, but her actions and her generosity with her time and her money spoke volumes. If there is anyone that I could be like on this world, it's like my granny. So be generous, because you're gonna help God keep his promises not that he really, you know, he'll, he'll figure out a way to keep his promises, but you get a chance to be part of that. And you're going to inspire other people to be generous, because I know I'm going to be obedient when he gives that call for me. Thank you. As I was thinking about who to ask to share, um, uh, many people came to mind. So I just want to take a minute. If you would say that you have been a recipient of the spirit of generosity at some point in your life, like someone uh, gave to you uh, generously in a way that um, if they didn't, things would be different for you. Would you just stand just all across this room? If you've been a recipient of generosity at some point in your life, would you stand? Let's just give God thanks for this right now. Look at this. Look at all these testimonies. All these testimonies. This is a testament of how the spirit of generosity changes things. Everyone that stood up today could tell a story similar to Kara in that you didn't deserve something someone gave you, but the spirit of generosity came upon someone and they did that. You know, the scripture says a life of generosity results in joy. Joy is a byproduct of generosity. I want to read that to you from 2 Corinthians 8. Paul is talking to a group of churches about the Macedonian churches, and he says this, And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. What does this mean? This group of people were in severe poverty. They were severely afflicted. They were facing trials, the desert, the darkest of days. Maybe you can identify today. Maybe you're here and you feel disappointed. Maybe you, you are trying to change a bad attitude that you have in your heart. Maybe you're in a battle. Maybe you're feeling purposeless or hopeless, like you've lost your joy. But in this scripture, these people did not let that stop them from being generous. Because out of those moments of trial, the Macedonian Christians overflowed in generosity and joy. See, where joy begins and generosity starts is, is a line that you actually can't determine. It's unable to separate. Joy begets ger generosity and generosity begets joy. You see that? And so the scripture is showing us that in this moment, joy is a byproduct of generosity. He goes on to say in verse 3, For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. That's the definition of generosity entirely on their own. And they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. And they exceeded our expectations. And they gave themselves first of all to the Lord and then by the will of God also to us. This joy compelled the people to give beyond their ability. 
You know, when we try to give with our natural minds, we'll never understand or perceive what God is doing. But when we give even beyond our ability, we give God an opportunity to show up in a supernatural way. Listen, if you're struggling to have joy in your life, allow generosity generosity to be part of your strategy because generosity grows joy and then joy grows more generosity. Big joy equals big generosity. Don't limit God with our natural thinking. You know, I was thinking about this. What is the obstacle to generosity? Like, what is the main obstacle that we often have in being generous? And and here's what I really think. It's always going to be ourselves. It's always going to be wrestling with our own hearts. Because the truth is, and the scripture tells us this, we have naturally selfish hearts. We have naturally selfish hearts. You know, we are all selfish, and the default condition of our human heart is to hoard and avoid sharing with anyone. It's to take care of ourselves at all costs. It's to get our own. It's to get what we need first. It's to fill up our garage and our barn and our extra garage and our extra barn because we got to have it. Like, in case we need it, we have to make sure that we have it. And therefore, we have to act against our natural instincts. And I know that is so hard, but listen, you can probably be sure that the first thoughts that you have about generosity are the flesh ones, okay? Until you put your heart and those thoughts into surrender to Jesus, your selfish heart is probably going to speak the loudest. And God says this, I want to deal with your selfish heart. I want to make you like me. I want to make you a giver. You're a steward, not an owner. And so so here's what what I'm saying. If you start thinking that you should give radically. Like if you keep thinking about giving to someone's mission strip, or you keep thinking about a family who has a need or a neighbor who just had a loss in their life or a project that the church is committing to, and you can't get that off your mind for some reason, that is probably Jesus talking to you, okay? Because you are not naturally gonna decide, you know, I'll just give my resources away. You know, there's been a lot of times in our marriage that Joel or I have come to one another and said, man, I really feel like I'm supposed to give this amount of money to this person. And we're like, is that bad pizza? Like, are we just, are we just, why would we think that? That's just kind of a weird thing to think. And always we come to this conclusion, well, that probably wasn't us. Okay, that was the Holy Spirit of God in us saying, look, this will probably make it so you have to spend a little bit less on vacation next week, but God wants you to give that away to that person. That's not yourself, okay? Your natural heart is always going to think selfishly, but the Holy Spirit is going to be the one who's going to say, no, 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 you can give that away and you're not going to live with less because he is always filling the gap. And so if you begin to start hearing a a prompting or or you should be generous, that is likely from the Holy Spirit. Listen, it's true. We're born selfish, but we can be born again generous, okay? We are born selfish, but we can be born again generous. Paul continues to this church in Corinth uh, in 2 Corinthians 9-11, and he says, you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion, And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Generosity brings joy. It also brings thankfulness. Here's another practical thing I want you to do this week. I want to encourage you 
to just start thanking God for what you have. How many of you, uh, when you do your bills and all the money comes out and then you see your balance, you just go, well, thank the Lord. <laughs> well, thank God that that's what I have left. How about, how many of you drive your car and, and, and it, it's not the newest car, it's not the best car, it's not the most perfect car, but you're like, man, I'm thankful for this car. I'm just glad to have this car. I'm thankful for this house. I'm thankful for this house that needs a lot of repairs. <laughs> I'm thankful for this bathroom that does not have the tile on the floor that I wish it would. But I'm thankful for what I have. And I just want to encourage you this week, when you're folding that laundry, just thank God for those clothes that you have to fold. When you're washing those dishes, just thank God for that food that got those dishes dirty. <laughs> When you're with your family, when you're with your roommate, just thank God there's stuff that they're putting all over the house that you have to pick up, okay? Just thank God that you can steward this stuff because God gave you all these things. God has entrusted you with what you have. And when we are grateful, we are generous. Genuine gratitude to God is a rare and powerful thing. And Jesus is looking for people with that kind of heart to trust with his resources? And will you be someone he can trust? All our blessings from God have the potential to either finance kingdom purpose or become an obstacle to it. And so you get to choose. Keeping your heart unselfish and grateful will keep you from trusting your own wealth and resources for what you need. Generosity extends beyond just our finances. It's putting others first in all areas of our life. And we need Jesus to teach us how to be generous on all levels. We need to adopt this attitude. I love this. Ask the Lord this through the day. God, what do you want me to do with what I have? God, what do you want me to do with what I have? And this helps us position ourselves to be a conduit of God's grace to others. And it puts us in the right headspace to be generous. I really believe that a core piece of our spiritual growth, a core piece of our growth as Christians is first obedience and then next generosity. We have to have the strategy in order to be generous. We have to have a strategy and that will help us grow spiritually. Generosity must be built into your spiritual strategy. All right, would you stand to your feet? We're gonna worship today. And I want you to ask Jesus to help us step up Maybe you're still here and you need to just start by being obedient. I want you to ask Jesus to help you do that. Maybe you're already obedient. You give faithfully. You tithe faithfully. Then your next step is generosity. God, what do you want me to do with what I have? And God's going to answer that question 500 different ways to 500 different people. Do you know what the most important part is? You catch what God's asking you to do. God might not be asking the person next to you to do the same thing. Also, please do not turn to the person next to you and say, God says you should be generous to me, okay? That, that's between God and you, all right? God and you determine what your generosity strategy is. But let me tell you something. I have never been generous and regretted it. God always returns 
He is more generous than we could ever ask or imagine. God's goodness to us, his faithfulness to us. He is a giving God. All he has ever do is giving everything we need, but not just that, above and beyond and more. And so let's look at what Jesus has done for us. And in his example, let's be generous with the things God has given us. Let me pray. Father, I thank you so much that there's so much to thank you for. God, I thank you for everything you've given us. I thank you, Lord, that, that you want to use our lives to make your name great. And so, God, would you help us do that? I pray that every resource in this room would be used to advance the kingdom of God and that you would speak to each person individually about how to do that. And God, they would hear from you and they would walk that out in a way that we experience Exodus 36, where there is so much generosity that, that we even have to say, whoa, 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 uh, you could stop giving now because there is so much that that is happening. There's so much that's doing. So God, thank you, Father, for your examples in the scripture of the people that were generous, even when they were hurting, even when they were struggling, even when they feel like they didn't have anything. God, you always are enough, and we are so grateful for that. And so, God, today we just worship you with everything we have and everything we are. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. Amen. If you feel so led, just come down to the altar and worship this morning. Let's just uh, get real intimate with the Lord and give him all that we have. Feel free to uh, be part of this space. The prayer team's to my right and to my left. They can pray for you about anything, anything at all that you want. Let's just give God all we have this morning.
Thank you for listening to the Erie First Podcast. We'd love it if you give us a rating and a review on your podcast app, and please subscribe so you never miss a message. You can follow Erie First on Facebook or Instagram, or visit eriefirst.org for all our latest news, announcements, and information. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time.